Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unified, a podcast feed from First Church Belmont Unitarian Universalist. We'll be sharing sermons and stories, especially thematic content made new every week. We're so glad you're here, and for more information about who we are and opportunities to grow and deepen, swing by the church on Sundays or check out our website at uubelmont.org. And for now, enjoy this new content. All liberation is linked. All that we do to set ourselves and one another free is connected, and each of us has a peace which is ours to make manifest. I have this one cherished picture of my son, Jack. It's in my office right over there. Come by and see it sometime. It's on the bookshelf in the corner by the shovel. He must be about six or so, and he's all puffed up and brimming with pride, nestled in a raised bed garden that he and all of our kids helped maintain in our backyard. We had a number of gardens surrounding that home, but there was something expansive and mystical even about that raised bed. Due to especially one powerful, prolific groundhog who I vividly remember watching run away from our dog once, so huge had this groundhog become that its fat flowed and rolled in one massive wave along its body as it galloped away from our dog. So the raised bed had a fence around it. And when we tended to it, we lowered one part of the fence and would climb in. Tall tomato plants, bushes of kale and radishes, spinach and rutabaga, all thriving in turn. And in the back, a towering tall green and purple bean wall It felt like a whole world in that little box. Every piece of it was connected, was part of the whole. And more broadly, that one piece of garden was nestled in a larger hole of our land with black raspberries and blueberries and strawberries, rows of Sharon, irises, two massive pine trees standing sentinel at the back corners. Everything was in conversation. Everything was in relationship. Here we are, on the eve of Indigenous Peoples Day. Here we are, just a few days from National Coming Out Day. And this confluence of the calendar sweetly sings of intersectionality. This precious lesson handed down in our heritage of justice-making and liberation. Intersectionality teaching us, reminding us of the ecosystem of freedom, this seamless connectedness of liberation, and these massive systems of oppression and power which seek to limit and judiciously dispense that freedom. I'm so grateful today, especially for the work of an activist and writer 
named MZ from Tetangi Ateruru. MZ was born in China, and their family moved to New Zealand. And there, as a young person, MZ worked in Maori sovereignty movements and slowly grew into leadership positions. And being queer and feminist and a person of color, they experienced always this intersectionality and connection. They created a beautiful zine full of beautiful artwork. I commend the whole thing to you. There's a link to it on the printed sermon on our sermon rack just outside if you want to see it. But they draw on this legacy of liberation. They acknowledge especially the Kumbahi River Collective, as well as so many others who first rose up and articulated this idea of intersectionality at their core in the 1970s, Angela Davis and so many others. They too were queer and black and women and they spoke to that particularity, its power and precariousness. MZ writes, as queer feminists of color, we do not have the option of only focusing on gender and sexuality issues. The queer feminists I know here in New Zealand and transnationally are involved across movements and spaces. They are at the forefront of indigenous sovereignty struggles, working towards prison abolition, ending poverty, domestic violence, doing community organizing, fighting for climate justice, workers' rights, and so much more. MZ and so many other queer feminists of color inhabit this intersectional space they have for generations and they know and they teach us that liberation is all linked. Another member of Tatangia Teruru, Cassie Hartendorp, says so beautifully about genealogy and ancestry, says that it's an infinite web of connection connecting us to our origins, to the spiritual realm, to the physical world, and to each other. Everything is connected. Each and every one of us here, connected across time through each and every other person sitting in these pews, standing in this pulpit, we are connected in this vast network of beauty. I started fishing just a little while ago when we moved to New Hampshire. And in many ways, it was the perfect place to begin because there were three rivers right nearby, which all had portions of the season in which they were fly fishing only. It was a quick ride away, easy to spend half a day on the river while the kids were in school. And like so many places, these rivers were stocked with fish for fisher folk to catch just a few times a year in the spring and in the fall. Anglers like me would donate money and then volunteers would arrive with buckets full of fish and pour them into the rivers. This is done across the country in so many places and I have had a lot of fun catching lots of stocked fish. But there are other ways. In many of my favorite fisheries up in Maine and more famously out in Montana and Wyoming and Idaho, 
Instead of pouring fish into inhospitable rivers, instead they look to the overall health and thriving of the entire ecosystem. They clean the water, they tend to blockages and pollution, they seek to understand how widely things connect. This is intersectionality. This is how we work towards liberation. Out for a walk on a beautiful day, on another river, the story goes. Two people stand in the sunshine, listening to the water, streaming around the corner, when all of a the sudden they hear a commotion in the river, and they see a child struggling, perhaps about to drown. They, of course, wade into the water, and they help the child to safety. And just when the concerned people on the bank have the child safe and dry, they start making a plan to find some help for this child, to get them to the police or other authorities. All of a sudden, another struggling child comes down the river around the bend. And they, of course, help this child to safety. A few neighbors and friends have come, and they set up shifts scooping children out of the river, helping them all as much as they could. They start a sign-up genius for river scoopers, and over and over. They do what they can until one day, finally, someone asks, how are these children getting in the river? (laughs) And that questioner and another person go and explore the root cause of these children floating in the river, and all of this matters. All this work that we do to set one another, set ourselves free, all of this matters. This is why our local LGBTQ plus alliance is working hard, helping Belmont be and more become more welcoming and celebrating and honoring and cherishing of our LGBTQ plus friends and neighbors and selves. There's a little information in your order of service, but this coming Wednesday on National Coming Out Day, we're hosting a panel at the library. If you want to join in this important work of the Alliance, you can ask me or Leslie Talmadge right there. It is crucial, especially now. We are reforming and we are rebuilding. These are the words of Arundhati Roy. Historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. And this one is no different. It is a portal, a gateway between one world and the next, and we can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and hatred, our avarice, our dead ideas, our dead rivers and smoky skies, or we can walk through it lightly with little luggage, ready to reimagine a new world and ready to fight for it. Here, amidst the rubble of the old ways, here, as we are coming back together, as we are rebuilding our world, what do we want to build? What is the most life-giving and beautiful version of this community, of this world? 
guided by this precious intersectional wisdom, knowing that each piece is connected and that one piece is uniquely yours to create, what do we build? Here, in this precious space, we have part of the answer. This is Everything is Still on Fire by Teresa Soto. I'm sorry that everything is still on fire. Once hate catches, the winds of not my problem blow, and the blaze is hard to stop, but hard is not impossible. Not yet is different than never. You in community have an answer. You have a response to systems of power and control and the cost of suffering. You and your community together are the answer. Everything is still on fire, but all is not lost. You remain more nimble than steadfast, more unshakable than swayed by the latest rage. You are here to put out the ravenous flames and heal the world. Enough is enough. This powerful love holding us here right now, this is the way forward. This call stirring within you, and especially the you which will answer this call, this is how we respond to this complicated moment from precisely where we are, with precisely these identities, and with this boundless wisdom and this ripe potential, seeing all of these connections, honoring all of this beauty and all of this pain and all of this potential. These are the words of Adrienne Marie Brown. Everything is connected. The soil needs rain, organic matter, worms, and life in order to do what it needs to do to give and receive life. Each element is an essential component. Organizing takes humility and selflessness and patience and rhythm, while our ultimate goal of liberation will take many expert components some of us will fight for land, healthy bodies, healthy relationships, clean air, water, homes, safety, dignity. Others will fight for food and political prisoners and abolition and environmental justice. Nature teaches us that our work has to be nuanced and that more than anything that we need each other at our highest natural glory in order to get free here together, enacting our heritage of love and justice, here together, seeing and feeling this interconnectedness, here together, seeing and feeling this unity, making it so, this day, all the days. Amen.